less stress, more time, more money. Welcome to the Cash Flow Contractor. Deep dive. Martin, uh, what are you going to be for Halloween? Well, my granddaughter says I'm going to be grumpy. <laughs> She's going to be whatever else is in that. Are you going to see her? No, not for Halloween. Not for Halloween. She's in Idaho. Gotcha. But, uh, yeah, so at least for one picture, I'm going to be grumpy because what the granddaughter wants, the granddaughter gets. And that's one of the seven doors, is that yeah. right? And are you actually going to dress up for that or no need? Diane at the kitchen table this morning ordered a grumpy costume. So oh, okay. So for you're... one picture, I'm going to be grumpy. There you go. So you're outsourcing your Halloween fact, costume. I am, but <laughs> I'm also actually grumpy. Wall Street Journal today reports what I heard yesterday, that California has outlawed gas-powered lawnmowers, leaf blowers, and chainsaws. What? <laughs> they're, they're done. 2024, no moss. That's wild. Yeah. I yeah. wonder what that's going to do to the supply chain, because there's already issues with, uh, is it nickel that they need for batteries? For oh, the supply chain issues with everything. Right, but I mean, that's like, a, I, I even really just like uh, the mining for it is low uh, hey, for batteries. Uh, I'm writing an article right now. Uh, Jim Psaki, the White House press secretary, a week or so ago, somebody asked her about higher taxes and wouldn't, that, wouldn't businesses pass it on to their customers? And she said that would be unfair and absurd for them to do that. Well, it's absolutely what will happen. I mean, it's <clears throat> there's so much absurd yeah. going on right now. Biden said five point or three point five trillion dollars spending bill would cost nothing. He said he's sick and tired of people talking about what it will cost. It will cost nothing. And I, I there's mean, always it's a, a reality check. Yeah, this life is bizarre. There's always a cost. Yeah. So I was a little grumpy this morning. You? Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Need, I don't you know if if sanity if sanity is ever going to return. It's, it's just bizarre. Yeah. Just bizarre. There, like there's no gravity. Well, yeah, there is. <laughs> no, there's not. Yeah. Okay. Well. Uh, that's not the path you were heading for. It wasn't the path. You're, you're throwing me off, Martin, but that's okay. Yeah, but it needs to be said. Because okay. our listeners understand that it is not only not absurd, it's an absolute necessity to pass on your costs. A company that just that's breaks even every do. year. Yeah. Well, it isn't about, oh, I need profit to justify, although that's certainly a valid reason. You, you cannot survive in a business if every penny you take in, you spend on expenses. Mm. And I don't just mean, okay, well, don't be greedy and... and pay out everything that you bring in. You need it to finance accounts receivable, inventory, growth, to finance losses that you're going to have to recover from them, to repay debt. You you cannot survive you unless you make, make a profit. profit. And, yeah. it, and it's not profit, greed, I get to buy a new BMW, although bless your heart and hope you can. That means you're efficient enough. But anyway, so yeah, I was well, grumpy this morning. Well, I think a lot of uh, anyone who's been in business for a while understands that the necessity of profit um, is often masked or disguised by, hey, let's grow, or I need to grow my business and more, you know, more sales, more revenue. And you can, uh, how many people do we know that do maybe $10 million in sales and then they look at their profit and it's <clears throat> maybe $50,000, $60,000. Well, it's just not worth it. That's not the subject to this episode. We've talked about it many times but sales are not profit yeah and and the vast majority i'll bet of our listeners yeah i had a 
new client in, a prospective client in here the other day. And I said, how's, how's your bookkeeping? He says, pretty good. And I said, did you make money last month? And he goes, well, I guess I don't really know. Yeah. They don't know. So no. listeners, do you know if you made money last month? Yeah. That's a, that's a good place to start. And do you know how much? Yeah. <laughs> how much money you question. made. And then you made money, but you don't have any. Where the heck is it? Yeah. Right? Well, so. I mean, this topic really does help with that because you do have services that you have to provide and you've got to figure out, am I going to do this in-house or outsourcing? Right. And this actually comes from a prospective client with me talking to them about their marketing. Um, and it's something that they've really never outsourced. And it's just been a pain in his, it's been a thorn in his side because he doesn't really know a whole lot about marketing. Right. And he's still doing things that he doesn't know if they're effective and he can't track the ROI. And he's learned from his books that while he does have an in-house bookkeeper, he needs to outsource the management of it, of that bookkeeper, of the books, making sure right. it's, everything's reconciled, all that kind of stuff. And it's, it's been so nice having done that the past year of outsourcing that. Um, so anyways, this is a, this is a long conversation that we'll have about in, in-house versus outsourcing. I think <clears throat> the main things that we want to hit on are what are the, what are the pros and cons of each, when to make the decision about, uh, about the others, uh, what can go wrong if you make the wrong decision. Well, let me, uh, refine it just a little bit. We're talking about outsourcing, but we're really talking about two types outsourcing functions in your business that mm -hmm. you might hire to do that for you. Bookkeeping was a, an example you brought up. Right. And then outsourcing what you do, the, the, the services and products you provide, right. which would be like having a subcontractor do the pay exactly. instead of your guys. So there are two outsourcing is outsourcing, but that's two general categories. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think more than a lot of businesses, honestly, contractors are pretty familiar with the concept because they're constantly subbing things Sub, out. Subs. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, or they are the subs. Or they are the sub, you know, um, or they're the sub sub who right. gets the outsourced. Pass it from, down and yeah. it goes up 20% each level and there's six guys work. Yeah. Um, but I think people understand the benefits of not doing everything themselves on every single job and having that guy that they outsource to. Um, obviously this is what GCs do. Uh, even, you know, roofers are notorious for this, that they're closing the deal and managing the projects, but they don't do any of the right. actual work. Um, what are some other, uh, cases that you see with subs and when they should choose to use a sub, but maybe they don't. Well, <clears throat> come up with 10 million examples, like the guy who digs the swimming pool is yeah. not necessarily the guy who shoots the concrete, concrete is yeah. not necessarily the guy who does the plaster or not the one anyway, and the contractor. So there are lots of, of examples like that, but I think, um, uh, getting into choosing whether I'm going to have somebody do it or do it myself is kind of where we, yeah, what, what I think we ought to concentrate on today. And one of the main reasons to choose to use subs is that it increases your capacity. Uh, a lot of the roofers who use subs, there are reasons other than just capacity. There's uh, workers comp and things like that that are prohibitive. Mm -hmm. So most of the roofers I know of, uh, residential roofers, eh, yeah. it's still true on commercial too, uh, have subcontractors who specialize. Right. And so they're, they're just really a sales company. That's a little more than that. But anyway, they're kind of a sales company. Right. And so they have, 
it's not infinite because there are not an infinite number of subcontractors, but they have expansive capacity. Right. They can work jobs in 10 different locations in 10 different states if they have the contacts and the subs to do that. Yeah. And I think that's so, really important for their, uh, in, in any case, it's important for their break even. Because if you can get your capacity up, right. uh, but not actually take on the extra costs. Not take on the extra overhead costs. The overhead costs. Yeah. You can really get your right. Anything you sell above break even, you know, minus your margin goes is your margin goes to the roof, and right. you you actually start making a profit at that point. And so I think some people, even those subs that you know do specialize, if they can find an extra job and have someone else do it for them, it can really help them out. Uh, we talked about this with uh, Jeff Finney, who I think we have on next week. Right. Yeah, it's twenty first. Yep, think so. next week, and uh, excited about that. Jeff provides that for their cabinet shops. He's their outsourced capacity. Right. So when they sell, if they can keep selling jobs, well, that's great. But maybe their capacity isn't able to perform all those jobs. Let me just have Jeff go and make manufacture right. all the cabinets. I'll just do the install, right? And now I'm effect, I've effectively, you know, gotten a bunch of profit to the door without having all the extra costs. Right. So. Um, yeah, I, I think that getting your capacity up is a, is a big deal for a lot of guys, not just getting your sales up. How many, I think this is maybe the pitfall of a lot of contractors whenever they don't do this well and get their capacity up is that they end up just working so tirelessly on these jobs and they feel like their to-do list is still never ending and they are always behind. And it's not just contractors, any business person. Well, we're talking about at a fundamental level, leverage mm -hmm. in other words literally if it's you in a truck uh, you're not leveraged at all you're trading time for money yep and we've talked about that in prior episodes you've created and you're a job not leveraged at all you hurt your back and you're done right mm -hmm. let alone your inability to grow because there are only eight hours in one of you yeah. so leverage is is the reason that you bring something in-house and mm -hmm. hire people to do it or hire subcontractors you outsource it the, of course, there are real advantages and disadvantages to each. The, one of the main advantages of outsourcing uh, a project is that you don't have to hire the people. You don't have to train the people. Yep. You don't have to own the equipment. Um, the disadvantages to it are you don't control yep. uh, as if you control your people. At least you have another level of control over your people. Yep. But you don't control it. You're not scheduled. You typically... What I see is that your margins will be lower uh, than if you do it yourself, meaning mm -hmm. that if, if you have a sub, you might be able to put 20% on that. Yeah. If you do it with in-house labor and you actually track the hours, you might have a 40% margin. Right. The risk with that is 40% margin is a lot better than 20% margin if you can do it all the time. Yeah. But if you, have, if you work one week out of the month, at a 40% margin, mm -hmm. and the other three weeks, the guys are changing oil in the trucks and sweeping the shop, you're in a big hole. So, I mean, there are pros and cons to both sides. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the biggest thing is just paying for what you use. You know, right. that's, I mean, yeah, that's essentially that's, what you're saying, but like, <clears throat> I think whenever you hire that full house, full time in house employee, they better be busy, yeah. not just seasonally, but year round, you know, yeah. if you're going to hire them. Um, but if you know, you're able to outsource that, all of a sudden you're just paying for what you use. Right. And I think um, 
another issue that comes with outsourcing is that people think they can do it all and they don't like to delegate and they want to be the, the company that can do it all or whatever, but that can run you into the ground too. And it can really stall your growth. It can hurt your, your margins and ultimately distract you from what you are good at. Well, it's a classic problem that confronts anybody who starts a business and wants to grow. Mm -hmm. And if you, if maybe what you're saying or what I hear all the time, they can't do it as well as I can. Yep. Exactly. And if you're stuck up on that, you're done. You're done right now. Yep. Because you're, nobody can do what you do as well as you can. That may mm -hmm. not be true, but that's the attitude. You, if there, I read a books, John, I don't remember who it was, but his, his number was 70%. If somebody can do it 70% as well as you can, turn it over. Turn it over. Yeah. Let them loose. Yeah. If you're a perfectionist, you're already toast. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the, uh, availability of in-house employees is one that people really understand because they've had that sub that is really good, but then it starts getting work from everybody and then they can't get them on the schedule, you know? Uh, and so it is nice to be able to have that in-house employee that you can control. You can, you know, they're going to be available, all that kind of stuff. But I think another thing to, to recognize is that you're also responsible for that in-house employee when they are sick, when they do get hurt, whenever they go on vacation. And so now all of a sudden you've got to have the backup or do it yourself, which is another thing that people don't, I don't think, uh, account for whenever they bring someone in-house is that, hold on a second, you're not just bringing that person in-house and that cost in-house, but that role is in-house. Right. And if that person decides to leave, now you've got to go and hire again. And that's, you've got to make sure they fit your culture, the values, you got to get the pay right, do their benefits. It's a whole nother process. But if you do just have that outsourced, it's okay. I just got somebody find else has company, to deal with it. You know, yeah. somebody else deals with all that stuff. And sometimes the, the headache of having someone in house isn't worth it as a business owner, because that's what can really hold you down administratively is trying to figure out and solve those problems. Like you just have less worry when it's not on your plate and in your house. Well, and that's a, that's a good segue into the, um, second type of outsourcing. In other words, the inside outsourcing. Yeah. Um, we've been talking generally about the contractors and you say, well, you know, I've reached the point where I'm giving up so much margin to, and by the way, another advantage of an outsource is it makes things easier to bid Yeah, because they price it. <laughs> exactly. Right? It's fixed. And you go, that's, yeah, it's a fixed variable cost. Exactly. I know, listeners, it doesn't always work that way. It doesn't. But, but anyway, that's the idea. They give you a price. It's $3,500 to dig that hole. Okay, that goes in my bid, right? Exactly. And if you're doing it, you're going, well, about three hours, mow, demo, got to fuel up, got to, you know, have three guys over there, got to hold the dirt off, you know. But, right. And so you're going, well, I think it's this. Well, that does simplify it. It does. Things. But there comes a point where <clears throat> you've decided, look, I'm, I'm, Using subs with a 20% margin, I'm taking 20% on. I know if I did this, my calculations, the hours, I could make 40%. What, yeah. The example we just used. And say, I'm getting enough work now that I think I could keep crews mm -hmm. busy all the time and take that 40 for me. Yep. Right. That's that's the idea. That's, that's why you do that. Uh, one of the main reasons you do it. Well, all the things you just mentioned. Well, now I have to hire people. I have to have an HR book. I've got to have... <laughs> You know, uh, payroll, details, which, which usually benefits. have 
that. But if, if it's your first hire, welcome to payroll and payroll taxes and payroll reporting and good bookkeeping on all that and workers' comp and just all those things. And then you're thinking, wow, I'm picking up that extra 20%, but look at all this work I've got to do, all the things you were just exactly. talking about. Uh, train them, create some systems and processes so that they know. Now you got safety considerations, yep. which you have for yourself, but when you're bringing guys in, you really have that. And that's the point where internal outsourcing comes in. Exactly. Uh, if, if you have to be at a level that you say you have to hire an in-house IT or HR person and IT person, but um, safety, are you going to go read that two-and-a-half-inch thick OSHA, whatever <laughs> that book is? Um, that tells you everything from confined space to how to what you got to do to get in a trench and learn. All, you're not going to do that. I mean, yeah, you you cannot do that. You're so better served elsewhere. You're and so you're starting to look to the in-house outsourcing, and yeah. where you find people like well, bookkeepers and CPAs. Hopefully, you're not keeping your own books. Hopefully, somebody is, uh, but a CPA that's helping you with taxes and bookkeeping and, mm-hmm. and bank information, um, an HR consultant, you, if you have four or five people, you probably do not need an in-house HR person, but you do need a, an HR professor, professor, professional, professional. you don't need an <laughs> HR professor. So sorry, professors that are listening to this. Um, so there are a lot of things that, that you would have to do to run a well-run company and you can't afford to hire individuals to do all those things. Right. You know, somebody who just does the hiring. Yeah. Just places ads. Well, it it goes back to our four areas of business that you got in your business to do the business. And all of a sudden you've got all the administrative things that you've got to do and sales and marketing things you've got to do. Marketing is another great one that you outsource to you. Right. And it's overnight, you got to learn all these things and really you're better served to focus on what you're good at and to stay in your lane. Because as soon as you start going outside your lane, you start right. you know, having, it's like driving on the turnpike and you decide to take a little exit because you want to try this different route. Well, it's gonna take you a lot longer to get to your destination. Right. And you're gonna run into some roadblocks because they're smaller roads and it's gonna be a lot bumpier of a ride. Um, you can do it, but is that really the best way to get to your destination? Right. Uh, so just stay in your lane, keep your path, and if, you do feel like you want to bring someone in house to do some of these things, make sure that they're going to be one really well experienced to be able to do it without you having to manage it. Because if you're having to manage it and you really don't know what's going on, you're setting yourself up for disaster where you think they're doing the right thing, but you have no idea. You know, a lot of times a really good transition is to start with outsourcing and then talk to the person that you're outsourcing to. Let's say it is HR you found this agency that does human resources and has done such a good job for you, but you're now trying to hire 20 people a month and it's just too much to outsource. You want to bring it in. Yeah, that, that kind of, how do you decide on both of them, the outside outsourcing and the inside outsourcing? Yeah. And I think the answer is you, you have to do the math. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to say, you know, that extra 20% margin I can make if I did it with my own guys. Mm-hmm. Do I have enough work to keep guys busy so that the total of the extra 20% exceeds yeah. the opposite or exceeds the uh, using subs? And you just have to take a look at that. You, you'll have a gut feel for it, but you have to take a look at that. And that's when you start deciding. And on the in, in-house in outsourcing, the HR person, it's pretty much what you just said. 
if you're on a consultative basis and they're charging you $100, $150 an hour, but you're only using them three hours a week, that's that's less expensive than an in-house person. It is. Um, but, I mean, that transition sometimes, like if you do need that HR person, um, sometimes you are, you can talk to that agency, for example, that was helping you out and say, hey, will you help set up the systems for this person? Will you help me to understand what KPIs yeah. I should be tracking, what should, I should be looking for? And then will you meet with them once a month? And you can have a transition there where it's not cut cold turkey. Well, no, I, I wasn't speaking to how you do that. Sure. I'm speaking to the fact, when do you do that? And yeah. we all kind of know this, but you, you, it needs to be conscious uh, that you're aware that, wow, you know, I, all of a sudden I'm using them, I'm spending $15,000 a month on one-offs on right. an hourly rate. I can hire somebody for 75 exactly, or 50 or whatever it is in your area. And so that's when you have to decide. Yep. And you would do that for each of these areas. IT is another one uh, that mm -hmm. we talked about briefly. It's not the same as subbing work, but if you come back to the office after a day and your server crashed because you've got it, which happened yeah. to Jeff. Yeah, it did. Two weeks ago. Yeah. And the cloud's out there and you've got a server. Really? Yeah. I'm not proposing to be a, an IT expert, but. There is, I don't, in my opinion, there is, I don't know if you're doing, building something for the CIA or whatever that you need to have your own personal server, but every single contractor, if you own a server, get rid of it and get on the cloud. Yeah. Like there's no reason to own your own yeah. server unless you are Huge. an IT company or something like yeah. that, you know? Um, it's just, it's not worth it. Um, yeah, I, I think, I think that this is, something where when you're deciding to choose that outsourced partner, you need to understand that they are going to be in essence, a part of your business and you don't want to just choose anybody. You want to make sure that, okay, I've decided that I am going to outsource. You still need to think about it in terms of how it fits <laughs> things in house. How are they going to work with me? How are they going to work with my team? Um, What's their experience level? Are they going to be bringing systems in to help us uh, for some of this internal outsourcing that we're doing? What proof do they have? Have they done this with other contractors? Have they done this with other companies that are, are like us? What was the results? What are their values? What does this look long-term uh, if we're going to be in this partnership with this outsourcing person for five years, right? Um, how does this scale as we get bigger and bigger and have more things to outsource? What does that look like? If you start asking yourself some of those questions, you can really choose the right type of outsourcing mm -hmm. partner where your decisions become a lot cleaner, simpler, you have more peace of mind. Because uh, sometimes they're just like, I just need somebody to do it, you know? And if you don't think about some of these questions, you may outsource technically the work, but you still have all of the worry. I think, in my opinion, in my experience, maybe you're one step beyond where a lot of people are. First, you have to decide that you need to do these things. Sure. And I mean, that's that's not nothing. <laughs> I mean, you have to have real HR stuff, right? You have to have real books. You have to have real IT so that you d everything doesn't crash and you lose all your work. Remember Sergio talking when his bookkeeper was a binder and it flew out the window and yeah. a couple of invoices. Fortunately, the builders called him three months later and said, you ever gonna bill us for this? Well. Is on the side of the road in the gutter on Britain Road, you know? Yeah. So uh, banking, CPAs, insurance, uh, safety, you need to decide that, 
real companies have those things. Yeah. And I'm sure they've, it's crossed everybody's minds uh, in the evening. Oh my gosh, I really should get good on safety. I need to pay. One thing I do when I go to people, and some of you listening might laugh, but I say, hey, where's your OSHA 300? Well, my what? <laughs> your OSHA form 300. I don't know what you're talking about. If you know what I'm talking about, listeners, you need to find out. Yeah. Everybody, your office, Khalil, where's your OSHA 300 form? It's a great question. Right. Okay. So, wow. <laughs> what is? Well, it's a it's a little tracking deal where you have to keep a record of incidents, you know, uh, right. like cut fingers or or anything serious. It's the first thing OSHA guys want to know when they walk in. They Ethan, say, "Where is it?" Ethan I just look at banged it. his back on one of these shh, microphones. Shh, shh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so we man, now to, it's out there. We may need to go and write that yeah. down on our OSHA so, 300. So we're talking insourcing, outsourcing. Um, but the idea that you must have these things. I don't know what an OSHA 300 form is. Well, when I, I just said you better find out. Well, I don't want you You can go to the OSHA website and find out what that is. But, oh, my gosh, that's another thing I got to do. Yeah, it's no, so you stressful. Can't, so you're not going to do it. Ignorance is bliss in yeah. some cases, but it's also a risk. Yeah. And if you have, if you're able to outsource it to somebody that right. can take on that responsibility of knowing what to be aware of, how to deal with the issue, actually executing and taking care of it, it's one less thing for you to worry right. about. And you've got so many hats you're already wearing. Don't put another one on. Yeah. Insurance. Uh, everybody knows you have to have insurance. Well, how often do you review and do you have a good, I mean, obviously you're going to, well, I say obviously, some companies do their own self-insured, but most of our listeners, I would presume, are not buy insurance, yeah. right? Well, there are just a few little things out there that might sneak up on you. Um, if you have an employee drive their vehicle for your work, that's a different kind of insurance, and Correct. it's not necessarily already covered. Right. Boom. On the good side of that, I had two clients over the last, oh, probably the last five years. One had a fire and one had a break-in and theft. And they had business interruption insurance. insurance. They didn't even know they did. Yeah. The the uh, insurance agent kind of throws it in. Oh, and we'll give you this for like a hundred bucks a year. Well, one got two hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars, and it really saved his bacon. The other one, I think, probably would have stayed in business, but wound up with something like that hundred grand uh, to replace stolen computers. By the way, this person was not on the cloud, and when they stole his computers. They took, took all books, everything, everything, their drawings, systems. yeah, yeah, their systems, their books. Yeah, I mean, are you kidding me? And hopefully, this guy doesn't listen to this because he'll he'll know who I'm talking <laughs> about. But um, yeah, I and the reason I kind of brought that up is uh, we'll put it in the show notes. But I have an article called "Advisor Mentor Checklist." Yep, and of course, it's glowing prose, well written and engaging. But really what it is is a list that you can say, am I doing something about that? And and am I doing something? It's a list of things that you need to think about. Yeah. And find outside advisors to help you with. Yeah, for sure. Um, I want to talk about what happens when you choose the wrong option. And we've, we've talked about pros and cons, and this will hit on it. But when you choose to outsource, but you should actually be keeping it in-house. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of things that happen, but you can recognize that you made the right, wrong decision if you're really falling behind schedule. 
if you're if you're getting frustrated with this outsourced person that you send things over to if uh you're spending too much money on your outsourcing right. like you're we use the hr example but you know maybe you're spending twenty thousand dollars a month just as a service fee with your marketing agency well hold on a second can i bring some of those people in house and find an experienced person to direct that team on my company and spend a little bit less money there uh as a service fee you know there's those are some of the things that might help you well, recognize you made the wrong that economic decision. part of it um with subcontractors doing the work, mm -hmm. the problem that everybody's familiar with this is, matter of fact, we should do a show on that, uh, how to retain good subs, what yeah. good subs want. I mean, they like continuous work, they like <laughs> clear understanding, they like to get paid on Friday, right? Yep. But uh, having good subs, if you can't keep them busy, I've got a builder right now that really needs three framing crews and he's got one. <laughs> and so he's thinking about bringing his own Put together his own crew so right. he can keep them busy but uh framers hopefully we have some listening or cantankerous lot right they, <laughs> they tend to be pretty independent so i i don't know how he's going to do that but that's one of the things that shows up when you need them it's likely so does everybody everybody else, else does you know, too if we've got a building boom going on so it's not just you yeah so uh if you get it wrong and you can't do it because you don't have control and you're on somebody else's schedule and there are a few subcontractors out there who are not necessarily de dependable, mm -hmm. sometimes for legit reasons. In other words, something happened on two jobs earlier and it pushes the whole thing out a month. And sometimes it's just that uh, they didn't get up that morning and yeah. won't call you back. And so the customer is asking you, when are you going to start? And you're trying to call your contractor. Well, he was supposed to be here today. Yeah. Why? <laughs> he won't answer my phone, right? Yeah. So that's when... When you get it wrong and you get that kind of people, it really complicates your life. Yeah. So you're always trading off the cost, the ability to get good people to yeah. keep them busy versus those things that you give up and sacrifice. Yeah. And then, I mean, wrong decision for in-house whenever you've brought someone in and you can't keep them busy. Yeah. And you are running out of cash because right. your overhead's a lot higher now. And you feel like, you are having to manage that person constantly and you don't have the time to, and you're not able to really set them up for success, you're probably not ready to have that person in-house. Well, there's a classic decision that people have to make. I hear all the time, well, I bid real cheap because I needed to get the job because I needed to keep the guys busy, right? I've got to hold my crews together. Yeah. And when you fall into that trap, which everybody's done, me included, it's hard to dig your way out. It's very because difficult. Because you didn't make very much money and then a good job with margins comes along and your guys are tied up doing the thing with negative margins, yep. right? And so, yeah, it's tough. Business is not for sissies. It's not. Contracting is not for sissies. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's, it's a really good thing to even just look at your org chart and start to think about, man, look at even just the functions of your role and all the hats you're wearing. Should I be doing this? Should someone else on my team be doing this? If not, who else can I find? Can I outsource this to? Uh, it's a good exercise to just think about every once in a while because a lot of times you get stuck in this routine of just doing the same things over and over and over. And you had this vision, but it got a little bit blurred because you got stuck in the mundane and you're wearing so many hats and you're so stressed and there's so much to worry about. That if you just take a step back and start thinking, wait, hold on a second. Is this the right model that I'm working in right now? 
is there anything that I can be outsourcing? Is there anything that I actually should be bringing in house? Um, is there even something that I should not be doing at all? Like just drop the service. Uh, I think it's a really good thing to exercise, ask yourself because a lot, I know a lot of contractors that are just so frustrated with where they are right now. They, they need an assistant. They don't have anybody in the office, you know, and they're doing all that work. They need to, they probably need to bring someone in house for it, but, um, they just, they get stuck in the mundane. They think they're in a rut or they, they think this is the only way, but it's not there. Are, there are absolutely other ways. Um, We've already listed a lot of things that you might be able to outsource that are the in-house things. Uh, but I want to really give a clearer list. The advisor's mentor checklist is going to be a good one. But we've talked about these booking, book, bookkeeping, is a, bookkeeping is a big one. And, and a CPA, and they don't necessarily C be the same thing. Exactly, taxes, um, banking. I think legal is an obvious one for a lot of contractors right. that they don't bring in an attorney in-house right. unless they're massive. Um, benefits. For insurance, for your retirement plan, and all that kind of stuff. HR for hiring. Mark. Hey, let me talk on benefits for just a second because it's recently been working with a lot of that. Number one, people often think they can't afford benefits. <clears throat> okay. Well, I encourage you to check. Absolutely. Because there are ways to do it where you offer benefits and maybe it doesn't cost you that much. They think they can't administer benefits. And that is one of the major league outsourcing deals. You have to go with a group where you sign up, they enroll your people, they explain it to your people, and if the people have issues, they call them. Yep. It's off your plate. And you don't pay them for typically, no, or not always for that. They take, they're getting a commission on the product. Yeah, they selling. get it for selling the And so it's free too. to have yeah. a benefits person typically. I mean, you, so. I'm sure there are benefits people that have a model where you pay them. But like our benefits, I don't touch... For the most part, hey, we have a new employee. Can you get him signed up? That's right. what that's what it looks like. Right. But that, that, that's a they classic do it outsource because yeah. if you and and I know that probably most of our listeners have some form of benefits if mm -hmm. you have employees because nowadays it's really hard to get employees without benefits. Yeah. But one of the ironic things is if you've got twenty employees and they're agitating for benefits, not agitating, but asking for benefits, yeah. and you get benefits. And only five of them sign up. Yeah. So, okay, well, I offer benefits. Yeah. But, yeah, don't immediately uh, check that one off and say, I can't do it. Yeah. Because it's quite possible that you can and you don't know it. Absolutely. Um, we said HR, marketing is another one right. um, that can really change how you operate. And that's what we focus on for contractors. Uh, safety, we've mentioned. Right. Uh, training is another good one. Uh, outsourcing training on equipment, training, you know, just keeping your crews busy without having to divert them right. to go train somebody all the time. Um, even systems isn't one really, really, really talked about. I was literally just thinking about that. There are organizations that will help you write systems. Yeah, and how valuable is that? I mean, that builds your training program. That allows you to see your org chart in a much different way than just people, which is what most people look at an org chart with, which, uh, isn't that valuable in my opinion? It is, but it's not. What? You need it by role. You know? Say it again. Org chart softwares, for example. Oh, okay. I, right. I, I've, I've actually been looking at one that allows you to do it by role, not by person. And there's not that many out there that, unless you customize it to it's yourself. how you want it to be. Yeah, I, want oh, it to be I thought role. you were going to uh, 
say that was not the option. That no. it's all by it's all by rule. It should be, but everybody it's like, okay, what's the person's name? It's like, no. Yeah. I don't we, how long have they been here? No, I want this is a right, role, not a right. person. Anyways, that's a whole other topic. I think we would have an episode we, on org charts. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Um, but delegating systems uh, to to an outsourced person, I think, is a really good idea because it, it's also really valuable. This isn't something we actually haven't haven't talked about a lot. When outsourcing, you're getting an outside perspective, and that's so valuable to get someone that isn't in the everyday of your business. That isn't lo- looking at problems the same way that you're looking at them. That doesn't understand everything. Whenever they jump in, they're going to ask questions that you maybe not haven't thought about in a while, or ever thought about, and they're going to have experience with other people and bring that in. And it's so valuable to have that other perspective. Look at your systems. Look at your HR. Look at you know your software, and tell you, hey, did you know you could do this? And it's like, oh wow, that's like that's a great idea, and you just never would have thought about it, you know. Uh, so that, I think it's really valuable in your systems. IT is what we talked about, software. There's, there's lots of others too, but it's just, it's almost never ending what you can outsource. Right. Um, and it's just about making that decision of when should I do it versus when I shouldn't. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think the uh, getting started is take something like the advisor and mentor checklist or or write down what we've said today, mm-hmm. or it'll be in sufficient detail in the show notes, <laughs> right, Ethan? So if they can just print those off. Yeah, print the show notes. <laughs> Khalil's young and I'm not, and I print my emails to bring him into this, and he he was mocking me in front of other people. I don't know if there's a single print listener that emails prints yeah. the show notes. If you print the show notes, please send me an email, and we'll have <laughs> well, a anyway, long conversation. Well, anyway, my point is, you can get a list <laughs> and just look at it. Yeah. And because one one thing I do as a coach that's not good is I overwhelm people because um, I get on a roll. Oh, we can do this, and then we can do this, and then we can do this, and then you're going to... And it starts out to get kind of people listening, get kind of excited about that, and then, then all of a sudden it's deer in the headlights. And, oh, my God, well, I got to go because I got a customer. Yeah. So reducing everything to something you can actually do and is to take the advisor mentor checklist or itemized things that we've talked about here, which Ethan will get correctly alphabetically organized in the show notes, pick one and start asking around. Yeah. And just, just take one step on one thing each Mm -hmm. month. And after a period of time at the end of the, at the end of the year, maybe you have three of these items. Maybe you've got a bookkeeper installed. Mm -hmm. That's, in your office and getting you good information. Maybe you've taken a step, hired a consultant or an advisor to transfer your information from your server to the cloud. And yes, you can probably do that yourself because you're a capable person. Yeah. But are you going to spend the Saturdays down there and the evenings down there not thinking about bids, not thinking about how to benefit your business? I have a a company I'm close with that had... um, some real important information all up on the cloud uh, in Google Drive. And all of a sudden they were having some problems and it found out that, well, they've got like nine drive accounts that are essentially the same thing. And and the administration, meaning the office staff, accessed one and other, anyway, I won't give anything that would tell who this was, but um, all of a sudden they're going, 
why aren't we getting this? And I said, well, that information's in there. No, it's not. I'm looking at it right now. Well, let me come in there. No, no, that's not where it is. Oh, my God. So to organize, I don't know how many drive accounts, to get everything in proper hierarchical order in their drive accounts, yep. spent probably two full weekends, meaning four complete days trying to do that, and finally hired somebody to come in here. Just fix it. Get this done. Yeah. yeah. Starts with a plan. What should it look like? And it, and anyway, it that kind of thing. We've all got that kind of stuff that we say, well, I should get that organized. Yeah. But not today, right? Not it, now. It's a change in perspective, and um, it's a, I, I like the strengths finders, um, mm-hmm. and it's very similar to that, where rather than thinking about what your weaknesses are and how you can improve them and get better, your strengths just stay focused on what you're good at. And if it if it takes you like have a have a metric metric for it if if this takes me more than an hour away from what I'm doing, I'm not doing it. Well, there's I'm I'm not going to do this, but I'm going to mention it. Yeah. There's a uh, an economist from 17th, 18th Here century. Here we go. Uh, Ricardo, I don't even remember his name. Okay. Uh, I'm going to mention a TED talk, and it's called "When Ideas Have Sex," and it's by Matt Ridley. Okay. And it's why if you concentrate on what you do well, even if you do everything the best, everything, you do one thing that you do the best and farm the rest out to people who do least, and it will increase your output exponentially. That is not obvious. It's fascinating, but it's why everything works. If you watch that TED Talk, first of all, you'll be fascinated. If you're not, you're kicked off the show, (laughs) right? But it's called When Ideas Have Sex by Matt Ridley. It's 15 minutes. It will blow you away. But it explains why it makes sense for you to do what you do best yeah. and let other people do what they don't do as well as you, but let them do that. It compounds things. Well, and that's... And it's not this, Maybe this is where you're going, but I think that was maybe in the 1800s or 17th century, whatever you said. Um, that's the way that life was. If you were a blacksmith, you were a blacksmith. If you were a carpenter, you were a carpenter. And you continued to pass that down to your, to your family. And you were very, very, very good at it because you were so specialized. I think there's a reason for people to be generalized in today's world because we have software that can make things much faster, much easier. We don't have to have a specialist who focuses on the horse right. because we have cars. You well, know? But at the same it time... It still holds. It's, it, 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 it's a... It's a law of the universe. No, absolutely. But I think what the problem today is that people are seeing these extreme examples of doing it all, like Walmart, for example. We do groceries and we have automotive and we have children's stuff, you know, and we see all that stuff around us of doing it all and we try to replicate that. And so the model is not as clear to people in front of them of, well, I want, oh, I I want them to be clear if they listen to this. That's not for you. Walmart not. is not you. It's not because and, uh, you can't scale that way. Matter of fact, more and more, it's uh, recently here, focus. Mm-hmm. What do you do? I, I talked to a man I hadn't talked to for about five years yesterday uh, back east, and he had been on a, he'd seen a bunch of opportunities. And so he was out doing some software stuff and some dynamic stuff and some, I, I won't say much about it, but. Uh, unique marketing things where you put kiosks out and people could order some really complicated stuff and yeah and that's not what he did what he did was manufacture something and it was really leading him astray and I talked to him yesterday to catch up and he's doing really well but he completely dropped all that stuff 
Yeah. So swimming pool guy could also build cabanas, right? Yeah. So yeah, I can build a cabana. It's just a, I can do the landscaping too. Yeah, yeah, and you know what, what degree of overlap is there? Well, you think well, landscaping goes hand in hand with building pools. Well, now you're having to you worry know, about what plants have to plants get. Plants, yeah, and, and you've got to do designs for it, and they die. And so the well, Kerry Daniels, who was on here, yeah, um, as a pool guy, he was on last year. But one of the things he started doing, I know he won't mind me saying this, but when he got into the pool business, he wanted to do service because it was like $250 a month, easy money, right? And then he did uh, liner repairs, which is kind of standardized because uh, liner swimming pools, you take the old one out, you put the new one in. Uh, then he did renos, renovations, yeah. and then he did new pools. And the first thing we quit was the service. service <laughs> because yeah, easy money, but you got five trucks on the road. You got five guys who are working for $12 an hour or $14 an hour and don't show up. And you got yeah. callbacks. And Kerry, your guy came over here today and he just really didn't clean the, you know, you got all that stuff. So you're running all, all over hell and high water fixing problems. Yeah. So we dropped that and kind of hard to walk away from cash that comes in every month. Right. If it did, that was another problem collecting yeah. on all of it. So we got rid of that. So then it was ref refurbished pools and I advised against this and he's now completely convinced but when you're doing uh, refurbishments uh, remodeling it's just like you see on TV and everybody here knows yeah I look at that oh I'll replace those sidewalks and fix that crack oh right? and there's well, always you bust it out and somebody buried a boxcar into always a guy's backyard something else. I mean nothing you just no idea and then they get mad at you so we're just not doing that I mean if you want to do that that's what you specialize on, and you triple your prices. If you think you can do it for twenty thousand, charge them sixty, because there's always all that stuff. So we've gotten rid of that, although we kept a few, and they gave him hell this year. Then liners, liners is a standard thing, right? Uh, but we've got one going right now where he took out the liner, and the pool was poorly built, and the walls <laughs> broke, and then there was a bunch of sand behind the steps. I, I haven't seen. It, I just heard wash the whole thing out and so what he thought was a five seven thousand dollar liner job is about a fifteen thousand dollar repair and the guy didn't want to pay it Man. And, and i said forget it so what we're doing is new new pools new pools. there's there's enough to go wrong with new pools but when you're doing new things you know you can always, see what's going to be yeah there's going to be a boulder down there or the sewer going through but you deal with those things and simplify 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 yeah absolutely well I hope at least listeners are, their wheels are turning a little bit on thinking about what their role is, how they can right. do what they do best and focus on their strengths, uh, outsource the rest or hire in-house um, and have a better idea of what to look for as well. So um, yeah, anything else you want to mention, Martin? No. Okay. I think we got off the subject a little at the end. Well, I look forward to, to seeing point. a grumpy, yeah. grumpy Martin here on Halloween. <laughs> Okay, man. Okay, see ya. Thanks for listening to The Cashflow Contractor. Check out our website in the show notes or visit thecashflowcontractor.com.